Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. shout of praise right now amen amen stand for the reading of god's word i'm coming from exodus chapter 30 verse 34 i feel in my heart i can sense it y'all that god is drawing us back to the basics i started a new series called hosting emmanuel and as never before we need god's presence wave at me if you felt his presence in this place and you need it we're coming from exodus chapter 30 it says here and the lord said to moses Take sweet spices. Tell your neighbor you need to be sweet. Come on. Sweet spices, stacti and annika and galbanum and pure frankincense. With these sweet spices, there shall be equal amounts of each. You shall make of these an incense, a compound, according to the art of the perfumer, salted, watch, pure, and holy. And you shall beat some of it into a very fine powder, and put some of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of meeting where I will meet with you. Who wants the Lord to meet with you? Hallelujah. It shall be most holy to you. But as for the incense which you shall make, you shall not make any for yourselves according to its composition. It shall be holy for the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to smell it, he shall be cut off from his people. 2 Corinthians 2. God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. Mm. We have become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one to God. A perfume of life to those who are being saved and the odor of death to those who are perishing. The unbelievers smell a deadly stink that leads to death, but believers smell the life-giving aroma that leads to abundant life. And who of us can rise to this challenge? Verse 15, we have become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one to God. I want to teach for a few minutes along these lines, and it seems so appropriate today. Odor or aroma? Flesh has an odor, but worship has an aroma. Whew. I'm gonna say it again. I said, I said flesh has an odor, but worship has an aroma. How many of you want to produce an aroma? Slip up your hands. Father, thank you for your glory in this room today. Thank you for your spirit in this room today. Have your way and we will give you all the thanks and all the praise. If you've already 
experience God's presence in this room, but you know now is a moment for he's going to touch you by his word. Clap your hands and give him praise right now. Will you do it? You can be seated. Odor or aroma. Flesh has an odor. Worship has an aroma. I don't know about you. I can speak transparently for me. I needed today. I needed to come in here and worship with my brothers and my sisters. How many of you sense that God's glory has been big in this room and big where you're watching? Hear me now. I've said it twice and I'm going to say it again. Flesh has an odor, but worship has an aroma. And nothing deodorizes a season. Nothing shifts a season like worship. God has always been serious about worship. He doesn't share his glory with anyone. He is the God who is worthy. In fact, he created mankind for fellowship and friendship. When he created us, we were created for his pleasure to bring him glory. That was his agenda at the time of creation. And I'll tell you, Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if fellowship was his agenda at creation, it's still his agenda today. All the way back in the Old Testament, when you study the timeline of the children of Israel, when they had been locked in bondage in Egypt, when they were delivered and they were in the desert, and in the wilderness, God designed a tabernacle in that place, a wilderness tabernacle, a meeting place, a place of fellowship for him and his people. And one of the key elements to this tabernacle was worship. The scripture that I just read to you from the book of Exodus describes something called the incense of worship. I was just wondering, are there any worshipers in the house? Oh, I found a few of you. I said, are there any worshipers in the house who are serious about welcoming Emmanuel? See, this incense of worship was the mixture, the stacti, the anica, the galbin, and the frankincense. And it was all mixed with salt. This mixture was burned in the tabernacle in the inner court. And it was burned on an altar called the altar of worship or the altar of incense. Now watch this. There was the outer court and the inner court, and then there was the holy of holies. The holy of holies was the miracle zone. It was behind the veil. But right in front of that veil, there was a table of worship. Worship was the precursor for the manifestation of the miraculous then and it still is today. If you want to see miracles in your life, then you need to know what it is to open up your mouth and give God glory. If you want to see breakthrough, sometimes what stands between you and a miracle manifestation is your unwillingness to say, God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to magnify you even though I sense it, but I don't see it yet. I'm going to stand in front of a veil and I'm going to give you glory until you welcome me in. Hallelujah. So powerful to me because 
I need the miracle working power in my life of God. I don't know about you, but I can't make it without his miracle power. And I don't want it just to manifest in my life. I want it to manifest in this church. How many of you want Calvary to be a place of signs and wonders and miracles? But see, we will never have it without the collective and personal table of worship. We have to create a table of worship. We can't have miracles individually in our church. We'll never know miracles collectively until we know what it is to be in hot pursuit of the presence of God. There comes a point where you say, I'm glad to see you, but at the end of the day, I didn't come to see you. I'm, I'm glad you're here today, but I didn't come to see your shoes. I, I don't care about your new dress. I didn't come to see your hair. I'm ultimately here because I wanted to collect with a collective of people who were desperate for the presence of God. And I sense in my spirit that in this second service on the Ormond campus that there might be some people here that are done with sight walking and low living who don't want to be constrained by this season who would say, Lord, usher me into your presence. We must worship as individuals before we can ever worship collectively because it is our collective pursuit that will manifest God's presence in this house. And the truth of the matter is we must have God's presence because if we don't know this, flesh has an odor, but worship has an aroma. I have preached about this incense of worship since I was a young preacher. I'm still young. I'm just not as young as I was. But I have preached about this incense of worship through the years and it's been rich, but I can honestly tell you I've never preached it or shared it in the way that I'm going to share it today. See, the question has to be asked, what do we smell like in the spirit? God has given me so much insight into this, and I believe as I preach today that a fresh wave of glory, even though it's been powerful, a fresh wave of worship is about to impact your life. I believe even as I'm preaching, glory is going to settle in this room. That power is going to be poured out, whether you're listening on a podcast or watching on TV or watching online or here live. There were four ingredients, five if you count the salt, that created this incense of worship. All were valuable. All were precious. And when it was fashioned and made as the art of the apothecary, the perfume maker, there were strict instructions that this was never to be put on the flesh of man. He said this incense of worship is not for the flesh. This incense of worship does not glorify or honor the flesh. What I'm afraid of is that we have too many leaders now in the church and they are itching for what belongs to God. And God said, if you take worship unto yourself, if you take glory unto yourself, in that instance, he said, I will cut you off. 
he said I don't share my glory with anyone let me tell you we've had a lot of good singers and I thank God for every good singer that we have here and every great musician I thank God for the mighty preachers that are in this room God has given us some of the greatest preachers right here on the Calvary staff and I'm grateful for each one of them but let me tell you something a preacher me or anyone else we have never saved anyone we have never delivered anyone we have never healed anyone we have never set anyone free we have never personally restored anyone's family it has been the glory of the Lord and the presence of God each and every time and I will not take from him what's due to him because I cannot afford to be cut off I cannot afford to be cut off. Tell your neighbors, say, just tell your neighbors, say, I can't afford to be cut off. That's why I can't swell and act big when things go the right way because I know had it not been for the Lord, I never would have made it. Hmm. This incense was valuable and it was precious and it was burned twice a day. Burned in the morning and burned in the evening. Burned when the sun was going up and burned when it was going down. There was always the aroma of worship in the tabernacle. Whether the sun was shining or it was dark as night, there was always worship being offered up. See, anybody can worship him when the sun is shining. But sometimes you got to get in a night season and say, I can't see my way clear, but I will worship you, Almighty God. The priest burned the incense. You know the song we sing, day and night, night and day, let incense rise. You are worthy of it all. That song is essentially describing what went on in the tabernacle, that day and night there was worship offered unto the Lord. Now hear me, this tabernacle, interestingly enough, was a place of sacrifice. It was a place, can I say it, of slaughter. Because the sacrifices were offered to the Lord and their blood was offered unto the Lord. And at times, that tabernacle could smell like a slaughterhouse. And it was the incense of worship that changed the smell of that place. It was the incense of worship that dealt with the stink, that overcame the smell. Sometimes life stinks. Come on now. Sometimes we go through things we don't understand. That email stunk. The way that person treated me stank. That was a hard situation. Sometimes life stinks. I wish I could insulate you from that. I wish I could, I could shield you from that, but I'm not able to. Sometimes you will face stinky situations and stinky seasons. But hear me now, nothing will overcome the stinky seasons and situations of life as we'll worship before the Lord. It's when you say, I don't like it, but God, I'm going to give you glory. I don't like this season, but God, I'm going to give you praise, understanding that in your presence there is fullness of joy. See, see, we think that we can only be happy, but we have to transcend happiness 
and move to joy. Because the root for happiness is the word happen, hap. That means something has to happen for me to be happy. And that's why much of the church is defeated because they are waiting for something to happen before they get happy. And if you're waiting for something to happen, hell's going to make sure that nothing happens because he knows as long as you're depending on what happens to make you happy, you will never be happy. But I've come to tell you there's a difference between happiness and joy. Joy says it doesn't have to happen because it's already happened. I've already been saved, set free, and I'm going to see the hand of the Lord in my life. So real joy is not the absence of adversity. Real joy is the presence of God. It's saying, God, I don't see what I want to see right now, but you are worthy of my praise I came looking for some people who had some joy if you have a little joy open up your mouth and give him praise right now joy it's not something that just occurs joy is a disposition it's not just where I am it's what I am and who I am and the joy of the Lord is my strength now that's why when somebody comes to you with a stink attitude, full of drama, you just need to look at them and smile and say, well, hallelujah. Look at them. They're full of drama. They're full of anxiety. They're full of negative testimony you just need to open up your mouth and say well praise the lord god's been so good to me you watch either they're going to rise to where you are or they will put it in beef a boogie and get out of your midst because there are some people in your life they are married to their misery and they have one assignment in your life and that is to drag you down into the depression with them but you have to make up in your mind i will not be drugged down but i am rising to save my heart is prepared and the the joy of the Lord is my strength. This incense of worship, it was very, very precious. In fact, it was so precious that they would take it, they would burn it day and night, and night and day, and then they would take that worship, that incense of worship, and they would pour it on the table of showbread. Now, everything is types and shadows in the tabernacle. We're going a little bit deep, but this is second service. Y'all are the deep crowd. Come on, somebody. But everything is types and shadows. It all points to something. So the word and the presence of God is pictured by the bread. In fact, the table is called the table of shoe bread, S-H-E-W. It could be show bread or show up bread. Bread represents God's word and God's presence. So when they burned that incense of worship by the bread, they were saying two things. Number one, we got to have the bread of God's presence. We got to be able to experience it, see it, and know that it's there. Understand me. I am uninterested in ritualistic church. I am uninterested in cute, coming together, powerless church. I am in a place of desperation. I don't want to get with you unless he gets with us because it is in his presence where everything shifts. So if you're desperate for the presence of God, you ought to just open up your mouth and give him praise right now. I'm here because I came for the bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't come for the program. I came for the bread. I didn't come to go through the motions. I came for the bread. Push your neighbor and say, pass the bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I came for the bread. 
So if my worship seems desperate and my shouts too loud and my tears are too intense, understand I'm not shouting for you or praising for you or weeping for you. I'm here for the bread. I'm desperate for the bread. But bread also represents his word. So it would be lit. That incense of worship would be lit right by the bread to give clarity to the bread. So you could see the bread because the fire of worship was all around it. See, that's why I don't want to come to church and I don't want to pastor a church where we just have ritual and we just have preliminaries and we just sing songs and we just have a little time. No, no, no. I got to be in a house where we go after God, where the glory of the Lord comes in the room because when that happens, that's the atmosphere that people can get the word. How many of you just say, well, pastor, I'm already receiving the word, but I think it's all linked back to that worship that we brought to the Lord just moments ago. Worship prepares your heart to receive the word of the Lord. So don't look at worship like it's preliminaries. Look at worship like it's necessary. Now watch this. All four ingredients stacked to Annika, Galvin, and frankincense. They were all good. By themselves, they were valuable. But they never achieved their potential until they got stirred up. There was a stirring that had to occur. The Lord said before it becomes worship, it's got to get stirred up. See, real worship is stirred worship. You can tell a lot about somebody by what stirs them up. People get stirred up nowadays, and so many people are stirred up about so many things. When was the last time you really got stirred up about the presence of God? See, you really haven't worshipped till you get stirred up. I'll say it again. I say you really haven't worshipped until you get stirred up. The stacti, the annika, the galbled, and the pure frankincense, they all sat there. They were good ingredients by themselves, but they never achieved their potential until they got stirred up. This is why I can't afford to come to a church where we just sit around and act religious or act like everything is okay. I want to be in a place where people are stirred up. You say, well, I'm not emotional. Well, you got stirred up over the Florida game. Come on. Yesterday, you you were stirred up. Uh, Y'all ain't saying nothing. You get stirred up at a football game. You get stirred up at a baseball game. You get stirred up if the credit card bill's too high. Where are the people that will get stirred about the things of God and say, Lord, stir me up about the law. Stir me up about your power. Stir me up about your glory. It's a stirred up church that God is coming back for. All the ingredients are in the house for worship. All the ingredients are in the house for breakthrough. But so often they just exist by themselves because they're unwilling to be stirred up. I grew up in the south. Come on now. The deep south I was born in, I hadn't lived all my life in the country, but I started out in the country, so I'm country-ish. Come on, somebody. I spent a lot of my life in the hood, so I'm country-ish. Hello. Hello. Y'all know you're kind of country, but you've been in the hood. So I'm country-ish. But I grew up, and we would go to my granny's house in the country, and she had a house that was an old shotgun Florida house. And it was cold, y'all. Granny didn't have any insulation. She didn't even know what insulation was. And, and Granny had uh, gas heaters. And you would light the heater and pray that it didn't burn your hair off. Come on. 
But the reality of it all is this. Granny wouldn't burn the heater at night. So, at, and, and Mariana is one of the coldest spots in all of Florida. And in the, I can remember many nights we were in the teens, in the 20s, and it would be colder in the house than it was outside the house. And we were packed up with blankets because there was only one electric blanket in the house, and Granny had it. Come on. Granny wasn't sharing her blanket with anybody. But I would sleep through the night, and we would have just so much cover on us, it was unreal. And then I would hear long about the time the sun was rising, Granny would go into the kitchen. And in the kitchen, she would finally light the heater. And I said, praise God, there's some warmth in the kitchen. But not only that, I knew that Granny was about to cook. I knew that a hog had given his life. Come on, somebody. For, for, for our breakfast, because we had, we had ham with red. Y'all, come on now. We had sausage. We had bacon. We had it all, y'all. And then she would make grits from scratch and then fry eggs, and then she would make her cat head biscuits. Now, y'all don't know about those kind of biscuits, but those biscuits, I'm getting stirred up, y'all. Those biscuits were so delicious, and I would be there with my granny, and I would sit there with her every morning, and I would watch her cook those biscuits. She, she didn't have a food processor. She didn't even own a mixer. Nothing electric was connected to her cooking. She cooked with an old gas stove. So I would watch her. She had her flour. She had her shortening, her Crisco. Come on, somebody. She would dip it out of the thing. It was like a spoonful of it. I don't even know. You know, now you pour olive oil. Granny didn't have any of that. Granny just got a hunk of something and just, and then she'd put butter in there, and then she would pour the buttermilk in there. Y'all don't know about that. I'm, I'm country, y'all. That's where I come from. And, you know, she didn't use a food processor. No, she would put all those ingredients that were good and costly by themselves, but she would put them all in a wooden kneading bowl. She never got a mixer. She never... She never did anything like that. You know what she would do? She would wash her hands, and then she would get her hands in there, and she would start stirring that stuff up. And all of a sudden, the flour and the buttermilk and the shortening, it would all begin to unite. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying the ingredients for breakthrough are in this room today. The ingredients for a new season for America, for revival in Ormond Beach, for an awakening like we've never seen. It's on every campus. But what we need is for you and I to say, Lord, put your hands in this room. Don't, don't just pass by us. Don't just be superficial. Put your hands in this room and stir us up. Listen, when he stirs us up, we don't give up being who we are. We don't lose our identity. We just become something more valuable together than we are by ourselves. Oh, you're okay by yourself, but baby, when you get together with the people of God, that's when you become valuable. Somebody shout, stir us up, Lord. If you want to be stirred up, open your mouth and give God a praise. We, we, we won't become something more then until we are stirred up. And these four ingredients were so valuable. They were so necessary, and each one of them were profound. Number one, there was the ingredient called stacti. Stacti was a pure resin gum that flowed from the balsam tree or the storax tree. You who've been to Israel with me at Caesarea Philippi, there's actually a balsam tree there, a storax tree there. And stacti is a form 
a very pure myrrh. And there are a few things I want to show you about myrrh. Number one, myrrh was what Jesus was offered on the cross. And myrrh can represent suffering seasons. It's seasons where things are not perfect. In fact, it's also linked to the second church of the seven churches in the book of Revelation called Smyrna. Smyrna dealt with persecution. And the word Smyrna actually, actually means suffering. So understand me, myrrh represents worshiping in tough times. Myrrh represents worshiping when everything is not perfect. Myrrh worship is worship that says I'm hurting but I'm still worshiping. I'm struggling but I'm still worshiping. I don't have money for my bills, but I'm still worshiping. The doctor's report has not shifted, but I'm still worshiping. I'm weeping, but I'm worshiping. I'm struggling, but you are still worthy. See, any old body can worship him when everything is perfect. Any old body can worship him when people are celebrating you and everybody thinks everything you do is wonderful and you walk on water. But when all hell is breaking loose, when everything is coming against you, but you say, God, I'm not going to let my circumstances or situation rob me of the fact that you are still worthy. Sometimes what stands between you and a breakthrough is worshiping even when you don't feel like it. The rabbis called this myrrh, they called it the bomb in Gilead. Hear me now, and we know that Jesus is our balm in Gilead. So number one, myrrh represents suffering, but number two, myrrh represents healing. See, God's not going to bring you in a season and not bring you through to breakthrough and healing. Come on, weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. I'm telling you, don't get settled in your setback. It's time for you to know that God is going to heal things and restore things. But here's what you've got to do. Sometimes you've got to worship him sick. Sometimes you've got to worship him broken. Sometimes you've got to worship him when things are not going right. Because nothing brings healing to the body and soul like worshiping the Lord. Here's what I know. Devil, you should have left me alone. Because I've made up in my mind that I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to bring in glory even if I don't like what I'm facing. But watch this. Stacti, Stacti was a pure resin gum that flowed from the balsam tree. Notice that when God chose a tree, he didn't choose a dead dry tree. I said he didn't choose a dead dry tree, but he chose a tree that was oozing. Help me, Holy Ghost. It oozed in the morning and it oozed in the evening and it oozed in the afternoon it oozed when the sun was going up and it oozed when the sun was going down it oozed in the good weather and it oozed in the bad weather I got three people helping me. It oozed when things was going right, and it oozed when things was going wrong. It oozed, it oozed, it oozed, it oozed. And one thing for sure, you couldn't get next to it without getting some of it on you. Oh, I'm tired of believers that can only ooze when things are going right. I'm tired of believers that can only ooze when the sun is shining. God is about to raise up a generation and a lost world is going to see what it is to have a church that will ooze in the morning and ooze in the evening and ooze in the afternoon. And, and, and I'm telling you, if somebody gets next to you, they might get some of that on you. Tell, tell your neighbor, I might just ooze on you. Yeah, yeah, when I, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and everything he's done for me 
when I think about my salvation, when I think about the fact that I've been healed, restored, and baptized in the Holy Ghost, when I think about the greatness of God, I just have to ooze a little bit. I'm looking for some oozers. Are there any oozers in the house? Open up your mouth and give God praise in here. There's Stacted, then there's Annika. Annika was a shellfish, and it was harvested from the deepest parts of the Red Sea and the Indian Ocean. The deepest parts of the Red Sea and the Indian Ocean. The deepest part. It represents a couple things to me as it relates to worship. First, it represents that deep worship comes from a deep place, that real worship. That means that you are not going to worship God just based on the situation that you're in. You're, you're deeper than that. I'm deeper than that. I've, 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 God's done too much for me, for me to quit worshiping him when times get hard. Real worship just says, I'm not just going to worship you based on what I'm experiencing right now. You and me got history. Lord, you've been faithful in my life, so I'm going to worship you even if I'm struggling because my worship is deeper than what I'm facing right now. My worship is not linked to whether or not you talk to me or whether or not you give me an attaboy or whether, come on, some people can't worship if they don't have a good hair day. Can I get a witness? But when worship gets deep, it, when worship gets deep down inside of you you, you, you say, Lord, everything's not perfect, but you are perfectly worthy of all of my praise. If you believe he's perfectly worthy of your worship why don't you open your mouth and give him a little glory right now he's just tell your neighbor he's perfectly worthy yeah 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 he's perfectly worthy I don't have what I've been been believing for but he's perfectly worthy my situation is not perfect but he's perfectly worthy the way people are treating me is not perfect but he's perfectly worthy this has been a jacked up messed up toe up year come on somebody but he is perfectly worthy if you believe he it, it may not be perfect in your life but he's perfectly worthy come on one more time open your mouth and give him praise right now you're you're perfectly worthy the reality is that everybody who's here today that you have seen bringing some of the most radical ridiculous praise they are not necessarily having the greatest cheer they may be struggling more than you know, but the truth is they are worshiping from a deeper place. So if 2020 has taught me anything, I said if 2020 has taught me anything, some of y'all just if you knew my personal struggles this year, if 2020 has taught me anything, it has taught me that Lord you are worthy of my praise and I'm not going to worship you from a superficial place, I'm going to worship you from a supernatural place because you are worthy of my worship. Everything ain't perfect but you're still worthy. I've been hurt but you're still worthy. I've been wounded, but I bless your name. I've been talked about time and again, and times have been tough, but I lift my voice and I say, Thou art worthy, O God, to receive glory and honor. It's worshiping from a place that is not superficial, but supernatural. In fact, if you know anything about Annika, it was said that the smell of Annika caused the other ingredients to increase in their smell. Annika, it was ground up. This shell, parts of it were ground up, and in, its grind, in that grinding and in that burning, 
That's when that Annika relieved the, released the best of itself. And what would happen was when they mixed it with the rest of the ingredients, it had an effect on those ingredients and all the other ingredients increased in their smell because of the Annika. See, worshipers have an effect on those around them. When you begin to worship the Lord, when you're a worshiper, baby, you walk in and you change atmospheres. When you're a worshiper, you walk in and things shift. Uh, you bring the best out of people who may be struggling. You release hope. I'm telling you this, I'm going to be a hope dealer. I'm not a dope dealer. I'm a hope dealer. And I'm going to tell you that I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. And 2020 may have been hell and it may have been tough, but I'm not camping in a negative season. I'm walking in to say, God, you are working it all out for my good. Are there any worshipers in this room and you want to affect those around you? Can I go just a little deeper? But the word Annika, it actually, the word Annika means the roar of a lion. Roar. Some of y'all been meowing. But you need to change your meow into a roar. Come on. You've been so afraid. What's going to happen next? Meow. It's so hard, Meow. Meow, 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 meow. Y'all know that commercial. Some of y'all been meowing when y'all to be roaring. You know what the Bible, see I found out there's only three times that a lion roars. I just thought lions roared. I thought a lion got up in the morning and said, roar. And his wife or, or whoever she was, roar. They just roared at each other and the kids roared at each other. But there's only just a few times a lion roars. See the Bible says in Amos, will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Will a young lion crowd in the den when he has taken nothing? There's only three times when a lion roars. Number one, a lion roars in battle. Well, a lion lets you know, man, I'm here for the fight. Roar. I'm not giving up. Roar. I'm going to win this. Roar. And the devil wants you to be quiet. The devil wants you to give in. The devil wants you to quit. The devil wants to make you think that you're going to be defeated. But somebody needs to get a roar in your spirit and say, devil, I will not be defeated. I will not be discouraged. I shall live and not die. The promises of God are in him. Yes and amen. Greater is he that roar is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon. Roar that is formed against me shall be able to prosper. Somebody ought to open your mouth right now and just roar one time. Come on, roar. So a lion roars when he's in battle, but number two, a lion roars when he's in pursuit of prey. When that lion is running after that prey, that gazelle, that zebra, come on somebody. When he's pursuing that prey, he goes, roar. He's going, happy meal. Supersize it. He's letting every other hunter in the jungle know, hyena, this is mine. Leopard, this is mine. Cheetah, this is mine. Roar, I don't have it yet, but I'm letting the world know it's mine. Some of y'all are waiting till you have it to roar, but you need to send a signal to every devil in hell and say, my children may not be saved, but they're coming in. My season may not have shifted, but roar. I dare you right now, open your mouth and say, roar. 
I'm gonna have joy and victory. No, let's get radical. Come on, let's get so radical that they talk about us on Facebook. Open your mouth and just say. The enemy is banking on your silence. The enemy is banking on you not roaring. So you roar in battle. You roar when you pursue, you pray. But the third time that the lion roars, he roars when he takes that prey down. When the pursuit becomes a possession. When what you've been believing, been believing for becomes yours. When what you've been after becomes yours. See, maybe you don't have everything you want, and maybe everything isn't perfect, but do you have anything that you could roar about today? Could you open up your mouth and say, roar? God, I want to roar. I want to thank you that I'm roar. I'm saved. I want to thank you that roar, you've been good. If you've got anything to praise God about, just open your mouth right now and roar and put your hands together and give God a praise. I don't know. We, maybe we better go. He's in, he's in church and he's got people roaring. Maybe grab your purse, Ethel, and let's get out of here. This preacher is crazy. Let me tell you, I would rather be crazy for God. I would rather be a radical worshiper than somebody who sat down like a bump on a stump on his rump who never could give God glory for what he's already done. I want to open my mouth and say, roar, devil. If he's done it before, he can do it again. Are you hearing me? Let's go deeper. Galbanon. Galbanon. That third ingredient was a plant that when it was broken, it produced a cream-colored juice. And there are a few things about galbanon that you need to know. Galbanon was the, the, the history book tells us the most disagreeable smelling of all the ingredients. It's described as earthy smelling. And the Bible said that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We are made of earth. Come on, we're a little bit disagreeable, but God still gets glory out of us. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I, I was just preaching to the roarers, but now you're getting quiet. We, we, we struggle, but he still gets glory out of us. We're a little bit earthy, but he still gets glory out of us. We are made of earth, but he still values our worship. If we're not careful, though, we can point this another direction. We will allow the earthy problems and the earthy entanglements and the earthy situations to rob us of our worship for God. And to me, it represents life because sometimes life will suck us dry and sometimes we'll have trouble finding worship and glory to God but I stop by to tell you don't allow earthly issues to rob you of your worship I'm trying to move quickly but Galbanon comes from the Hebrew word chelub and chelub means the best it means the fat it means the choice part and what we need to bring to God is our very best come on now we, we bring so much of our best to things that don't matter but God said bring me your best glory bring me your best worship how I, I see people you know they can't they can't watch us online now because you, you, but, you know, yeah, the pastor I've just been a little busy I was tired I couldn't watch you I couldn't come to church but you know what I'll catch it later I, 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 but I but you didn't have any trouble sitting up till two o'clock in the morning watching the television. 
Yes, I said television. Come on. You didn't have any trouble doing that. I don't want God to get the leftovers in my life. I want to bring him my very best. If you want to bring him your best, open your mouth and give him glory right now. Come on. Galvanus points us to the fact that God is worthy of our very best. And I, I don't want the one who has done so much for me to get less than my very best. Fourth ingredient, and I'm moving a little click quicker now, but it's frankincense. There's some powerful truths as it relates to frankincense. Uh, this tree that produced this precious resin was wounded not one time, not two times, but three times. How do you respond when you go through seasons where you feel like I'm wounded here and I'm wounded there, where are the real people at? And I'm wounded here. See, the truth is, if it, as it relates to this tree, it didn't give forth the deepest of itself. The resin that was produced in the first wounding or the second wounding was not nearly as precious as the one in the third wounding. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. I said it didn't produce until it was that third wounding. And I know this is hard to hear, but there are times when our wounds produce our worship. Even when we are enduring seasons of wounding and trouble seems to come on every side, we must not stop worshiping because this is worship in its purest form point and purest first pure, purest form frankincense worship says even when i don't understand even when i'm hurting lord you are worthy hear me the understand me now listen closely to what i'm saying they would take this frankincense and they would burn it on the altar and it would it would light up the whole of the inner court not only that the smoke that rose was a white smoke it brought purity and clarity and nothing brings clarity and purity as does worship when you say lord i'm wounded but i'm gonna worship you let me go even deeper i don't believe that god orchestrates suffering i don't believe that god orchestrates your suffering but i believe there are times when he allows it because god will allow it because he knows that our tough times will actually draw us to him if the devil had any sense, he would leave you alone because the very things that he has orchestrated against your life to divide you and separate you from God has been the catalyst that has brought you into God's presence. So even the wounding has made your worship more precious. Tell your neighbor, hell shouldn't have bothered with me. God doesn't orchestrate it, but God doesn't waste it. He's not the author of confusion, but he will allow us sometimes to endure attack because some of you ain't going to praise him till you get in trouble. Some folks will ignore him as long as it's good. That's why all things, Romans 8, work together for the good work together is a greek word that means made to cooperate god said i used it all in the recipe of your destiny to work it out for your good him and now this precious resin it was collected amazingly and i'm getting ready to close what does that mean look at my hair man hallelujah 
I've been letting my hair grow long, try to cover up the places where it should be but isn't. Come on, somebody. That, that tree was wounded. They drove a spike into that tree. It's a picture of Jesus. He had spikes in his hands and spikes in his feet and a spear in his side. They, they would collect that resin. Isn't this amazing? They would collect it at night when the sun was down because this was when the resin would harden in the coolness of the night, not in the heat of the day. And it gathered on the tree. And you know what they called it? Tears. So they would gather up the tears of the night season. Help me, Holy Ghost. And those tears became the critical component for worship. Maybe you've been in a night season where things are going wrong, but worship is right even when life is going wrong. When we provide worship in tear-filled times, that's a sweet-smelling fragrance to the Lord. And I've had to worship him through tears this year. I've had to give him glory when my heart was breaking. But that worship was precious to God. And his presence became precious to me. Because I never would have made it without the Lord on my side. See, in this place today, understand that even if you've been crying, even if things aren't perfect, don't stop worshiping. Even if things have not manifested the way you hoped, don't let the devil steal you from you, your worship. All four ingredients were mixed together, and they were salted. See, here's the truth, and I'm closing. Salt is a preservative, and nothing preserves you like worship. When you say, Lord, I don't understand it, but I give you all the glory. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. We give you all, all the glory. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy. 
salt, salt, salt. The worship was salted. I'm a salt guy. I like salt on my food. Everything tastes better to me with some salt on it. Life is better when you salt it. You're a better believer when you're salty. When his glory matters to you when you're salted, you're dangerous to the devil. Huh? People should get a taste of you. And when they get a taste of you, they should taste the goodness of the Lord. Huh? We give you all the glory. We you are worthy. See, see, here's what happens. The priest couldn't enter into the presence of the Lord without that salt anointing, without worship. Salt burns, doesn't it? Salt will aggravate before it illuminates and heals. Salt burns away the affection for the things of the world. The things that would alienate us and separate us from God. When our worship gets salty, man, all that stuff stops mattering so much. Salt dude takes a divided heart and unites it because here's the reality as a worshiper. I can't love him more and love you less. Hear me in this place. Salt affects many times its weight, meaning John that if I take just a little bit of salt and put it in a cup of water, that little bit of salt will change the taste of that water. It doesn't take much, but it takes some. And we've got too much of the world trying to change us. It's time for salty, worshiping believers to change the world. The altar of worship is the only thing between you and God this morning. If you will burn the incense of worship, you will see him. I'm, I'm, I'm done, but here's what I want you to know. So often we live our lives not in the spirit, but in the flesh, and our lives stink. Our lives should not produce the odor of the flesh, but the aroma. Uh, the aroma of worship. The Bible said God always makes his grace visible in Christ who includes us as partakers of his endless triumph through our yielded lives. He spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. We have become the unmistakable aroma of victory of the anointed one to God, a perfume of life. Let me ask you something. Are you an odor or are you an aroma? I watch Facebook nowadays and I see odor, not aroma. I see people being ugly to each other. I'm talking about safe folk. I'm talking about Calvary people. I'm ashamed sometimes of how people act and they rejoice in, in somebody's trouble and they make enemies out of what's supposed to be their friends. These things ought not occur. And if you can't be called up by me, then I'm really not your pastor. If you can't be called to the next level by me, then I'm really not your pastor because a real man of God is going to stand up and tell you when things are out of order we've got to come together as the church of the living God and God's got to heal us because we need an aroma we need an aroma because flesh has an odor but worship has an aroma stacked in pure resin gum 
boost in the morning, the evening, the afternoon, Annika, the roar of a lion, the crushing, hard times, it's rough but you're worthy, Galbanon, come on, Galbanon, that precious, precious ingredient that was the cello. Hey, the best of the best, frankincense purity, and it was all salted. Here's what I want to ask you today. Are you willing to be an aroma? Are you willing to walk out of this room and say, Pastor, I'll be that aroma with you. I want Calvary to be an aroma. I want our church to be an aroma. If that's you, if you want to be an aroma and not an odor, stand to your feet right now. If you want to be an odor and not an aroma and not an odor, open your mouth right now. If you want to be an aroma and not an odor, give God glory and say, Lord, let the aroma of my worship. Sing it, John. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.